Hello and welcome to Out and About in Malovians. I'm your host, Jeremy Balfour. As part of my job as Member of the Scottish Parliament, I get to travel around Malovians, meeting interesting people and hearing about how the companies, charities and projects that they work for benefit and contribute to our community. On this podcast, I will share their stories. On today's episode, I'm looking forward to talking to Robert Aldridge, the Lord Provost of Edinburgh City Council. Well, I'm sitting in this very grand room in Edinburgh City Chambers with uh, Lord Provost. Lord Provost, what is the role of the Lord Provost? Well, the Lord Provost is the first citizen of the City of Edinburgh. So, I have a number of roles. Uh, one which is perhaps the uh, one that people may see most of is that I, I have the unique privilege of being able to chair council meetings. Um, that's uh, one, once a month. But beyond that, um, there's a civic role where I have to, and I'm very honoured to, represent the city um, in a number of organisations and functions. Um, and also, I am the Lord Lieutenant of the City of Edinburgh, which is the, uh, the representative of the Crown in the city, so that if any royals come to visit, it is up to me to meet and greet them and present them to whoever they come to, or to represent them if they ask me to at various functions. And it's not a new position, it's not something we just dreamt up recently, is it? It goes back into history? Yeah, I'm the 258th Lord Provost, so uh, I'm in company of quite a lot of people. Um, But uh, it goes back to, I think, the 1400s, something like that. I suppose the first, the, the more recent Lord Provostships, which have been elected from the council rather than um, sort of rich merchants and so on, really goes back to somewhere between the First and Second World War. Okay, so you just you can't just put your CV in and say I want to be Lord Provost. You're elected, so you're elected by who and why are you elected? A very good question. Why I'm elected, but um, <clears throat> uh, the it is the councillors on the City of Edinburgh Council who elect the Lord Provost from amongst their number. So you have to be elected as a councillor first before you become Lord Provost and then the a majority of the councillors have to support you in taking on that role. So uh, again, kind of about your question, how did you end up being a councillor and are you new to a job? Um, <clears throat> no, I'm actually the longest serving uh, councillor on the City of Edinburgh Council, despite my youthful good looks. Um, I first got elected in 1984, so it's 38 years on, on, on the council, man and boy. Um, and, uh, no, I, I uh, had always been interested in politics as, as a teenager, and I just worked my local patch as a community politician, determined to do things for the local community, and won by a very small margin in 1984 in a three-way contest and then um, the people the good people of park grove and east craigs and craig mount have been good enough to allow me to continue to represent them since then so can you give us a feel what is a, a kind of average day week for a lord forest in edinburgh <clears throat> there isn't one um, it can be um gosh some days I have done five civic events in a day. Um, there are about, I think, 1,100 civic events in a year, in an average year. 
which is quite a considerable number. But it's everything from, I mean, it's all wonderful. I meet, I meet all kinds of really interesting people. Every day is a school day. Then everything from attending the 100th birthday party of a woman who was an interpreter at the Nuremberg Trials to uh, awarding inspiring volunteer awards to some of the fantastic people who are doing a lot, a lot, a lot of work around the city, to um, awarding the Queen's Award for Enterprise to Leonardo, it used to be Ferrantes, to uh, um, oh, just a range of receptions. I, I even met a um, chap who was the chauffeur in the President of the United States Beast uh, car, who I was told could kill with his bare hands. So um, it's quite a range of things, but I'm also um, involved in a whole lot of um, charitable organisations as, as a patron or a trustee, and um, one of the important things I do is the One City Trust, which is the city's charitable organisation, which gives um, small grants to people in, in acute need. So we raise money for that and, and give the money away. So, so obviously, just a few months ago, we, we had a very sad passing of, of, of Her Majesty the Queen and then obviously the King coming to Edinburgh the first time. And for that few days, Edinburgh was almost centre stage of what was happening in our world. What role did you play within those very moving few days? Well, I had quite a big kind of public role, it was uh, not something I would have ever asked for, and, and th there wasn't really a rule book, so, um, but it was uh, quite uh, amazing. Um, I uh, had the great privilege of being able to um, watch the coffin going past outside St Giles, of uh, attending the service at St Giles Cathedral, of being the first person to greet the king onto Scottish soil. I am now the answer to a pub quiz mm. uh, question. Um, <clears throat> uh, to Actually, I had to go directly from greeting the king at Turnhouse Airport to greeting him again at Holyrood Palace to perform the ceremony of the keys. So he graciously allowed our car to tag along with his convoy and... Um, I had the very, very unusual experience for a politician of going down the Royal, a packed Royal Mile with people cheering me, <laughs> <laughs> which I will never forget. But um, th th there were other extremely moving moments. Um, there was a very small service in St Giles where, with the Royal family and just sort of 10 people just before the coffin left, and it was a gr great privilege and honour to be able to be in that very, very intimate uh, surrounding with uh, a couple of members of the royal family and so some other people. And, and I think we're very fortunate in Edinburgh that quite a number of royals come regularly. So obviously you're starting to meet some of them more regularly than others. I think Princess Anne and Princess Royal is probably the most frequent because of rugby and other commitments. I mean, again, without breaking any great confidence, are we normal people? Are we people you can talk to? Are we people you're always kind of watching what you're going to say to them, or can you generally engage with them? Um, I, I was incredibly nervous before my first uh, encounter with the royal family, and it, it, it was indeed the Princess Royal, just um, during the Platinum Jubilee ce celebrations. And I had my instructions to wait for her at the Zoom, and I didn't know 
Now, do I walk up to her? Does she walk up to me? Does she shake my hand? Do I shake her hand? Um, who does what? And, and she just made it so easy and natural um, uh, and put me at ease. And every, every member of the royal family I've met has been absolutely wonderful at putting you at your ease. And one of the great advantages that we have of a job is that you get to see every aspect of Edinburgh life, Edinburgh people, how Edinburgh's working. You know, in the 30 odd years you've been a councillor, Edinburgh's changed quite dramatically, size wise, infrastructure wise. Is it a good place still to live? Is it a place you would recommend someone to come and live and be part of? What, you know, what is Edinburgh for you? Well, just very recently in a survey, it was voted the best city in the world, and I've always thought that. Um, anybody who comes here says what a beautiful city it is. Now, we, it's, all, it's got its faults. We've, we've got our potholes, we've got our streets that could be cleaner, we've got all, all of these things. But what a magnificent city. And it's on a manageable scale. It's got lots of green areas. Uh, it's got a lot of um, kind of vibrant industries as well. And it's got really warm, welcoming people. So I, I think you know, I've got the easiest job in the world because the city sells itself. I don't have to do that. And you mentioned, again, just in, in one of your comments about, about the new king, Show me your keys. People hear about the show me your keys, but very few people have actually seen it. Right. But, is it literally opening a door? Do you? What <clears throat> happens? It's um, it's quite, it's quite an ancient ceremony. What happens is um, that uh, I uh, say some a, a form of words which have been going on since the dawn of time, <clears throat> offering the keys of the city to the monarch, saying these are the keys of your um, uh, loyal city. And then the monarch, so far they've always done this, <laughs> uh, hands them back saying, the keys are safe. I know the keys are safe in the hands of my, my loyal city and hand it back. So um, luckily uh, this time the king did hand the keys back. So, so uh, I wasn't the first Lord Provost to have it refused. Well, that's probably a relief. Um, I suppose um, we all kind of have different views of where Edinburgh should go and where Edinburgh should be. And just, but just as a kind of high level, how do you see, where do you think Edinburgh will be in 10 years' time, 20 years' time? Well, I hope and expect that it will be the engine of the Scottish economy, that it will have a diverse range of vibrant businesses, that it will still be a centre of educational excellence, uh, leading the world. We've got some of the best universities in the world here. Um, but it also that uh, we will have reduced poverty in the city, the inequalities in the city, but that it remains a very open, international, welcoming city for people uh, from, uh, from all ethnic backgrounds and all, all abilities, disabilities, ethnic origins, whatever, that we need to be as welcoming as we possibly can be. Mm. Two, two final questions of actual key Lord Post. The first one, as I said, we're sitting in this very grand room, the city chambers. Um, for those that have never visited the city chambers, just give us a, 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 a feel, because it, it, it's a working building, but it's also a very historical building. Can you just, for people that have never seen it or visited it, what, just tell us a wee bit about it. Okay. It <coughs> 
It's um, quite a, a historic building right on the Royal Mile in Edinburgh. Uh, you enter through a quadrangle. Um, it has uh, some quite grand um, meeting rooms and the offices that I, I occupy for my brief period of tenure as Lord Provost are magnificent, wood-panelled with uh, paintings from the city art collection around the walls, antique furniture and so on. But it is a working building uh, and the council meetings take place in the Grand Council Chamber, Victorian Council Chamber. Um, but with state-of-the-art microphones, everything's webcast, so it's a mixture of the kind of the ancient and the traditional with being a modern working building. And you serve five years, so it's a yes. five-year term. Yes, it's you about show. the same as for a serious uh, criminal offence. <laughs> and my final question, and one I always like to, to finish with, is uh, if I gave you a magic wand, and you could wave your magic wand, either for the council or for the city or for the role that you do, What's one thing that would make it better? I think the one thing that, it's a bit sort of to one side, but actually if, if we, if the Scottish government recognised that the city of Edinburgh is a capital city with the additional roles and responsibilities that requires and gave us the funding for all of those additional capital city roles we do, uh, that would be fantastic, and that would allow us then to spend our core money on all the services around the city. Thank you, Lord Forrest. Thank you very much indeed. It was great to speak to Robert. It's been interesting to hear about his work and the role of the council in each of our lives. We will put a link to the council website in the show notes, and you can go to it if you want to find out more. Thank you for listening to Out and About in Melovians, and I look forward to catching up next time.